Somebody call 911! Show me the They have no idea where we are, who we are, where we're coming from, or who we're throwing to. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the difference between winning and losing. Welcome to First and 30. I'm Nick. And I'm Antonino. We're two 30-something-year-old guys who take the best ultimate reality television show in this hemisphere, American football, through four uncensored downs of mostly unbiased opinion and some analysis. In a game broken down into 10-yard segments, we take it with you one step at a time. That's first and 30. Let's Let's go go for it. it. All right, welcome to the inaugural First in 30 podcast. Anson, you know, we're, we're doing this thing, man. Man, way overdue. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'm glad that we were having the opportunity to sit down, talk some sports. Uh, I think we should let the listeners know who we are first, you know, why we're doing this podcast, and give them a glimpse of what they can expect moving forward. So, before I give my spiel, I'm going to punt this one over to you first. Thank you, Nick. Uh, first things first, my name's Antonino. That's Antonio with an extra N at the end. Antonino. I'm 100% Italian, um, so I like my cured meats, talking loudly, and what you won't see is my excessive use of hands behind the microphone. Uh, as for my football credentials, I played and coached football on a high school and college level. I'm a diamond level Yahoo fantasy football manager. Mm. And last but most importantly, I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fanatic. You know, this dating back to the uh, infamous Bungles area. You might remember that uh, in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it was pretty bad. What, what, a, what a time to become a Bengals fan, too. This was mm-hmm. after their uh, their their 80s runs. But I can confirm with folks that I uh, can't see Antonino. He does uh, express a lot of mannerisms through his hands and his face. So um, not to generalize what you're saying either. Uh, But cool. So my name, I'm Nick. I am a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. And no, I am not from Dallas, Texas. My father uh, grew up uh, basically loving Roger Stahlbach. And, And I was a 90s kid. So Antonino, you can probably validate this too. You know, the Cowboys had a dynasty there in the 90s, 92, 93, 95. So I was brainwashed uh, into becoming a Cowboys fan. Uh, I am also a fantasy football manager, but not only that, I am a fantasy football commissioner. I have not yet reached that diamond status that you have though, Antonino. Uh, However, however, you know, I have coached and managed multiple Madden teams to multiple Super Bowls. So I have that under my belt. <laughs> and I'm also impressive. I know. And I'm also a flag football quarterback, captain, and coach, all of the above. Um it did, did not play professionally though. My my career was cut short for being uh not tall or uh muscular enough or athletic enough to uh compete on that stage. So that's a little stretch, but fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Um, but hey, for, for the listeners, we're going to take you through four downs of topics e- each week pertaining to the NFL's past week matchups. 
So we're going to kind of give you all our own personal take and twist on all these games. Uh, so this week in particular, uh, we'll be covering all the conclusions of the week 10 NFL season. And we're going to start things off with the first down. High hopes. High hopes. High hopes. It's home from work we go. Uh, so in this segment, we're going to examine and discuss the best thing we saw this past Sunday. Uh, so Antonino, but what what do you think? I know we we kind of went through our uh, pre-discussion, but but what was the the best thing that we saw this past weekend? Man, I hate to say it. It really hurts me to say it, but those cowgirls, I mean the cowboys, they had <laughs> quite the win this week. I know you're happy about that. Uh, I am. Um, so I mean, we got to start off a podcast talking about sports by talking about my my boys, the Dallas Cowboys. And they're demoli- demolishing of the New York Giants. Uh, it, you know, I, I think a lot of people came in expecting this. You know, Dallas was a 17 and a half point favorite entering the week. Uh, you know, let me rattle off a few stats for you here, man. Dallas outgained the Giants 640 yards to 172. Time of possession, 37 minutes to 22. 32 first downs to 16 with a final score of 49 to 17. But here's the kicker, man. Here's what really got me. Dallas outgained the Giants 368 yards to 26. And no, that is not uh, an error or a typo. The Giants only had 26 first half yards. And, and then the first downs, 20 first downs to one. Hey, uh, Nick, one second. Uh, who did you say the Cowboys played this past week? Real quick. I- I'm glad you asked, Anton. You know, they played. The New York Football Giants, the an New NFL, Giants. a pro- professional NFL team that got demolished and manhandled to that degree. My goodness. I mean, from what I recall, they're a two win team in shambles right now with uh, my fellow Paisan at quarterback, Tommy DeVito, uh, quarterback in the NFL that still lives with his parents, undrafted rookie. Is that right? Uh Yes, but he does have an NFL contract, I believe, right? He he signed a contract for an NFL team, and he started uh, his very first game against Dallas. But what, what are you trying to get at here, man? Did, did you know that uh, his parents still make his bed for him? <laughs> I, I did hear uh, the reports that uh, going into that game that that was the case, and, and they uh, make his dinner too. Yeah. Uh, but but what's your point still? I, I, I'm waiting to hear it. Are you trying to take away from this this – dismantling of an NFL franchise? I, I don't know if we can call them the New York Giants. I think we should probably call them the Little Giants because uh, <laughs> it's not looking good with their average of 11 points per game. I'm pretty sure that's ranked 31st or 32nd in the whole league. Um, I know that you're you're excited, but let, let's tame the, that excitement just a little bit. Uh, Tommy DeVito, you guys went out there and made him look like Michael Vick. Uh, he rushed seven times for 41 yards. Uh, uh, so I, I do want to. I do want to say. I think most of those yards came on one chunk play late in the second half when there was nothing much else to play for there. So uh, if that's your point of emphasis, I, I'm not buying it. Dallas six and three, second in the NFC East now, uh, only what a game and a half behind the Eagles at this point. Uh, hey, do do I want? I, I'm not trying to be an irrational Cowboys fan here, Anton. You know, but. Uh, they they can be contenders. Look at that. I, I mean, at home, they've been putting up, averaging about 38 points a game at home this season. 
Um, I think they did what they were supposed to do, and they they better enjoy this Mickey Mouse schedule while they can. They have the Panthers oh. next week. <laughs> Take that win. It's going to be another easy blowout win, so I'm sure we'll uh, have the conversation about the Cowboys same time next week. But uh, after that, Thanksgiving against the uh, the Commanders. So we'll see if you sound the same way in a couple weeks. I, I think I will. I think I think they're going to be eight and three uh, after those two games. Those should be cakewalks as well. Uh, but you you can't take away this win from me, man. And you know this is still an NFL team that they played. This isn't a college football game tune-up. They destroyed a bunch of professionals and made them look mediocre. So I I'm taking it. You know, right? Fair I, enough. I I, I I think I'm settled settled that argument. I don't think there's anything else you can argue here. Hey, a win down. is a win. Just uh, tamper those expectations just a bit. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. All right. Uh, I, I want to move over to second down now, Antonino. They are who we thought they were. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. So in this segment, we're going to focus in on a game or a player uh, that either met or lived up to their expectations. So what did you in particular see this past Sunday uh, where you, you're kind of left thinking, yeah, they are who we thought they were. Oh, boy, the New England Patriots. Where do we start? You know, Mac Jones, Bill Belichick, the whole organization is in shambles ever since uh, Senior Tom Brady left the team. I don't I don't know where to pick this one apart, but where do you stand on it? I think the first thing that comes to mind and, and before that, the Patriots lost 10 to 6 in Frankfurt, Germany, 930 Eastern time game for us folks here in Maryland, Annapolis. Uh, but the first thing that stuck out to me when I, I, I admittedly did not watch the game, but I watched the highlights. And I think anybody that watched the highlights, this is video has been circulating quite a bit. The Mac Jones interception, uh, which led to his subsequent benching, was one of the most horrific, scared passes I have ever seen an NFL quarterback make. Did, did you see this play, Antonino? I saw the play, and uh, let me be devil's advocate here. Did Jacecki run the wrong route? Was Mac Jones uh, expecting no. something different here? I don't know. <laughs> no, nope. Uh, so Mac Jones drops back to pass. There's a little bit of a, I think, a four-man pass rush. He he senses the pressure, but before the pressure even gets to him, he goes ahead and uncorks a little lame lame duck pass right down the middle of the field. They're they're stationed at their own 15-yard line. He throws it right around the, the three or five. Just throws it right up. Uh, no oomph under it. Just kind of puts it up for grabs. Defender, easiest pick of his life. Th- thank you, Mac Jones, for that bonus this season. Uh, and, and, you know, that led to Jones riding the bench for the rest of the game and Bailey Zappi getting a few uh, reps in there and <laughs> yep, yep. those went a lot better, huh? Yeah, those went a lot better. That play too. What was your uh, thought on that that pass by well, Zappy at the end I, of the game? I heard the recording from the huddle, um, the previous play. They ran a play and he said, "Yeah, let's do this quick play and then no huddle. Let's fake the spike and throw into triple coverage in the middle of the field." <laughs> and I don't think that worked out so well. Um, so I think, uh, they got to go back to the, the drawing board. I don't think Mac Jones was completely the problem. Uh, it's easy, uh, to see it from the outside in, but he went 15 for 20, 170 yards, um, nothing to write home about, but it's, it's consistent. He was sacked five times in the first half. Poor guy was running out there seeing ghosts. 
Um, so I don't want to put this all on Mac Jones' shoulders. They didn't what? miss a field goal. Uh, come on, let's let's, let's Antonino, cut some slack. you're cut, you're cutting the guy too much slack. Have you watched any? I mean, you probably haven't, but have you watched any Patriots games this season? Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, let's <laughs> let's let's let me turn the page here. Hold on, let me uh, let me lick my finger real quick. In their schedule, they lost to the Eagles by five, Super Bowl contender. They lost to the Dolphins by seven, Super Bowl contender. They only lost to the Raiders by four. They lost to the Commanders by three, and this week they lost to the Colts by four. They hmm. beat the Bills. They beat the Jets. They're playing in close games year round all year. Um, so I, I hate to put this all on Mac Jones. It's not pretty. Don't get me wrong, but he's consistent, and I think he's a serviceable quarterback. Um, that's sure. serviceable. He's getting, the, he's getting all the heat right now. Look, look, everything that you just expressed uh, makes my point and validates my argument. The Patriots could be a contending team if they had a quarterback named anything but Mac Jones on their roster. Uh, all these close games. I think if they had Tom Brady or anybody that was serviceable, they would be winning those games. But no, they have Mac Jones, who can't read an NFL defense. Hey, look, not to make things all about the Cowboys, but of course I watched that Cowboy Patriots game that was, what, 30-3 to earlier in the season. <laughs> Mac Jones threw not one, but two passes across the field. That is a cardinal sin for quarterbacks, Antonino. And I know something about quarterback play. Remember in our intros, I I am a flag football quarterback. So I I know a thing or two about reading some defenses. And I know it's a sin to try to throw the ball across the field to a receiver you think's open. He got away with it once in that game. But of course, the second time he tried that again, pick six. Uh, let's be, let's be honest. Mac Jones isn't going to be the guy that's going to bring you back from a double digit deficit. He has to have the game close. They have to take the lead. They need to have a balanced attack rushing the ball. So each game's a little different. If he's coming from behind, you're going to see a couple of these errant throws like you've seen in other teams. Uh, what comes Josh first, Allen. The, the chicken or the egg? He was behind the whole time, wasn't he? Not? I, I mean, they're behind because of him, right? <laughs> I wouldn't say solely because of him. If you saw that first drive, Ezekiel Elliott running down the field hard, they made it look easy. They went all the way down the field. They kicked the field goal. I was like, man, they really have something going here. If they just keep pounding the ball, stay consistent, it's going to be a a solid game. But uh, that withered away quickly. But they had a chance to win. They missed a field goal. And I don't want to put it all on Mac Jones here because other players uh, had some bad plays. And they're pretty beat up on the defense. They have a couple injuries. And I guarantee you, you, uh, a lot of people can't even name three players on that team. Um, so let's not put it all on Mac Jones. You're too kind, Antonino. I'll, I'll give you your brownie points for being a kind, compassionate human being, but I will put all the blame on Mac Jones. Terrible NFL quarterback. Not saying I could do any better. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the Monday morning quarterback and just critique it guys for something that I can't do any better. But from what I see, not good. I think that's the reason why the Patriots are two and eight this season. That's the reason they'll have a top five, top 10 draft pick and, Potentially the reason why Bill Belichick will retire uh, in the very near future. So put it all on Mac Jones's shoulder there. All right, man. Uh, We just got through first and second down, but now it's third and long. And in this segment, we're going to focus on what were you thinking? So in this segment, we're going to call out a team, a player, a coach, uh, you name it. For, for any boneheaded decision that we saw over this uh, this past weekend, 
And I'm going to tee us off here, Antonino, because this is something that I saw and I want to get your input on it too. And I think we can have a nice discourse regarding this. Uh, the 49ers and Jaguars game was a blowout. 49ers handled Jacksonville 34 to three in that game though, Christian McCaffrey had a lot more to play for, uh, outside of just his team winning and getting off of that three-game losing streak. Coming into the game, he had seven street, 17 straight games with a touchdown. And in order to keep that streak alive, the 49ers played him in garbage time, essentially, when they were already up big, I think 31-3 to three at that point. But they gave him four straight goal line carries to try to break that record. And I want to get your opinion on what your take with this would be. Do you think that this was a, a smart decision by Kyle Shanahan and the coaching staff to throw their most valuable player out there when the game is pretty much meaningless, all for the sake of a record? Or is there another twist or take that you can have on it? But I'm just curious. What what are your thoughts? I mean, starting this segment, what were you thinking? You would imagine we'd be speaking about Jacksonville. They got their butts whipped. But on the contrary <laughs> here, Christian McCaffrey gets thrown into this game with a minute left. They're within the 10 yard line and what do they do they risk their most prized asset to for stats they completely forgot the bigger goal of winning a super bowl staying healthy in order to get him a record a team record or an nfl record of 18 straight games with a touchdown um let, let's be honest here the coach had to have something riding on this game you know i gotta dig into my sources here but i know if you rolled over a hundred dollars every single game betting that christian mccaffrey would get a touchdown that you would have had a million dollars over the last 17 games so if you just rolled over the hundred and the winnings from that for 17 games just under one million dollars so maybe he had a some skin in the game there maybe he had some money going on it because I, I can't explain it any other way lofty collusion right there you think there there was a monetary incentive of getting him involved so so it sounds like your take is that boneheaded decision definitely should not have been playing McCaffrey in that that uh that position of the game and where they were at um just to confirm right that's that's your take Absolutely. And okay. we're talking of a team that just got Trent Williams back and Debo Samuel back. So they're dealing with injuries already. Mm -hmm. And then you risk your prized asset. You got to take some risks, though, Anton. You know, that, that's one thing in life that I, I'm hoping I can teach you through this podcast, too. We got to take risks. And I think in this circumstance, the 49ers were willing to risk McCaffrey's injury, not only for a personal record that would be very meaningful for him as a player, but as a team. Think of the camaraderie, the excitement. Uh, all of these guys play a part in that. It's not just CMC going out there uh, doing all this single-handedly. His offensive line plays a part. His quarterback, his receivers, everybody on that offense wants to celebrate that moment of him breaking that record because it's the team that's also breaking that record. So I think you're willing to risk the very slight chance that McCaffrey gets banged up on a goal line run. You know, most of the times, a lot of these big lower leg injuries, a lot of these bigger injuries are going to happen in open, open field anyway. So if he's just pounding it right through there, just hoping that he can uh, find his way in the end zone, yeah, you're willing to do that as a coach to kind of lift the spirits. Your team had lost three games in a row. You're crushing Jacksonville. You're feeling good about that. Why not add insult to injury on these Jaguars and go ahead and put McCaffrey out there, get that record. You're, you're going to feel really great after that. Not to say that they weren't feeling great, but it's kind of adding a, a little bit of that whipped cream on top of that ice cream. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, in most cases, I'd say go for it, but with the score being out of hand, but but to make matters worse, because the score was out of hand, they pulled their starting lineman, they pulled the starting quarterback. So that means the blockers you have for Christian McCaffrey are backups. So that could lead to a blown assignment, a blown block that could then lead to the injury. So you're, you're just risking. It's a risk. Hey, but think how those uh, backup offensive linemen must've felt if they were able to help McCaffrey secure that record, they would be a part of that. They were a part of that play. They would have been helping him get that record. So I get it. I get where you're coming from. You know, he is their best player an MVP caliber player not only for the team but the nfl however i think for camaraderie to just boost the team's morale you go ahead and you you are willing to make that risk in order to uh kind of for the betterment of the team in that situation what what would your reaction be if he were to get hurt and you were the head coach the next day coming into the building there, what, at Levi <laughs> Stadium. Imagine the looks uh, you would get. Yeah, I, th- I think for this segment with what were you thinking, we would have a, a completely different take and be <laughs> really be putting it to Kyle Shanahan if that were the case. Yeah, he would definitely have a clown outfit on the next day coming uh, I, in the building. I, I think you're right, man. I think you're right. But, hey, I, I get where you're coming from. I'm just personally, you know, if I was a part of that team, I'd be wanting to celebrate that. I'd be, you know, when I was coaching my Madden teams to Super Bowls, I was always going for the record, no matter how high the score was. <laughs> Don't act like you weren't either when you were growing up playing those games. Come on. I, I mean, yeah. what, are the, what are the risks he actually gets injured? I think it's all good. But all right. Cool. So third and long's over with. We've now approached fourth and forever, Antonino. I think it's time that we call up Hail Mary. Dropping back in the pocket, looking. There's the Hail Mary. Headed for the end zone. And it is. Uh, So for this segment, we're going to kind of take a deeper look at some of these players, coaches, uh, teams that shined in some of the toughest moments this past weekend. Again, week 10. Uh, Maybe we highlight the biggest comeback or perhaps the biggest upset, maybe an underdog moment. So what stuck out to you? Uh, And, you know, this is our inaugural podcast episode, and we've talked about the Cowboys twice. I think it would be a shame if we didn't bring up your Bengals at least once. This one hurts. This one hurts. (laughs) I'm going to bring them up, but not in the light I was hoping for the first uh, time on the show here. Uh, But C.J. Stroud with the Texans, man, he went into Paycor Stadium the jungle with a team that's won 13 of their last 17 games in Paycor Stadium. The Cincinnati Bengals and their home field advantage is something to take serious. They've won 13 of the last 17. The four games they lost prior was by three points each. And then what happened on Sunday? Houston went in there and won by three points. And they dealt with some adversity. They really did. And C.J. Stroud overcame. He They had a lead. They were on cruise control. He throws a pick, almost a pick six, and then he was able to go through, control the chaos, and have that game-winning drive, and it stings. It's still too soon for me. It still stings. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to pass it to you because I'm about to throw up here. I got to grab a paper bag. This is bad. <laughs> well, for everyone listening, I texted Antonino during the game because there was some some play that happened with some fantasy football implications. I think uh, Burrow threw a pick or, or – no, it was the, the Bengals got a pick of Stroud. And uh, it it helped me out in some way. 
and I got no response from Anthony. You know, that's how dialed in he gets with these Bengals, where he's superstitious to the point where he's not looking at his phone. He's wearing the same outfit he's been wearing since the beginning of the season. Uh, all that jazz. Now, my take with CJ Stroud. Don't know if this is a hot take. Probably not yet. I think people are starting to uh, put this out here in the ether. CJ Stroud for MVP. How does that sound? A rookie quarterback winning MVP. And before you respond, Antonino, and call this blasphemy just because he beat your Bengals, I'm going to support my argument with a few stats, some of which blew my mind when I was looking this up. So uh, for one, right now in this point of the season, CJ Stroud is second in the league with passing yards. That's 2,500 yards. He is also top 10 with passing touchdowns with 15 to only two interceptions. Top 10 in total QBR, uh, which is an ESPN metric that takes into account completion percentage, passing yards, touchdowns. He has a 63.2 there. Top 10 passing touchdowns, mentioned that. Top 10 QB rate with a 101. Now, here was the kicker that I saw. Right now, CJ Stroud leads the NFL in passing yards per game and touchdown interception ratio. The only other quarterbacks to do this in the first 10 weeks of a season. Can you guess the names? Oh, man, shoot. It's got to be, what, Tua? Is Tua on there? No, not Tua. Who else led the league in the TD interception ratio? Mm -hmm. Last guy to do it was in 2019. To lead the league with passing yards per game and their touchdown to interception ratio by Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Nope. Twenty nineteen. Come on, man. You're 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 overthinking it now. Twenty nineteen. One of the best uh, in the Tom game. Tom Brady. All right. Brady was in twenty fifteen, so you got one there. Is there someone I don't like? Is it a rival? You know what? I don't want to watch it in agony any longer trying to get this. So we had Patrick Mahomes in 2019, mm -hmm. Tom Brady in 2015, and Peyton Manning 2013. Those are some big names to share uh, that kind of company with, don't you think? Yeah, uh, Patrick Mahomes not my favorite. I try and erase that from my memory after every <laughs> year. So yeah. I, ch I choose to purposely forget things, especially when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, those are some big names. Those are some accolades. And I just think C.J. Stroud has the it factor. At the end of the day, he came in on the road uh, and they had a win streak going and they were missing their starting running back. They're missing a weapon at receiver. And he goes out there and they pound the ball. They had explosive plays left and right. I know they had over 10 explosive plays. And in the NFL, an explosive play, I believe, is over 15 yards. Um, so they had explosive plays left and right. And they did what no other team has been able to do all year, passing against the Cincinnati Bengals. So um, props to him. Hat tip to him. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll see them again at the playoffs at some point and uh, payback, paybacks. Uh, uh, hey, <laughs> I mean, you're assuming that is if uh, your Bengals make the playoffs. Right now, I think that that win really helped the Texans out. They kind of jumped ahead in seeding. And, and yeah, Stroud threw for 356 against that vaunted Bengals pass defense that you like to talk so much about with me. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, complimentary football wasn't there. We, we started the game slow, only at seven points in the first half. Uh, we were missing T. Higgins, but... Uh, don't sleep on the Bengals yet. We have a game mm -hmm. Thursday against the Ravens. We win that, and we'll be just a, a half game or so out of first place if we win that one. So, 
Well, don't sleep I, on them yet. I, I wish your Bengals the best of luck Thursday. The Ravens did blow that one against the Browns uh, over the weekend. But I digress. All right, man. Uh, let, let's try to wrap things up. Put a nice bow on it. I think we we did a good job there on fourth down. We got we got the hail mary to work. Let's end on a positive note. Uh, I know we were talking about C.J. Stroud a little bit. You kind of mentioned a few things about you know keeping your composure through adversity, through those uh, challenging times, even when things aren't going well, uh, and when things get in your way, uh, being able to continue to persist forward. Uh, in the end, we, we want to try to relate what we see on the football field to, to everyday life. So with CJ Stroud, with the Texans in mind, um, how can we how can we kind of pull that together real quick? Yeah, like we saw in the game, CJ Stroud, he had a comfortable lead at the end. And uh, right when you least expect it, and as you see in everyday life, uh, something can come up. Um, adversity happens when you least expect it. Uh, and being able to keep your composure remain calm and make the right decisions um, to ultimately come out on top in the sports aspect, but to be successful in your personal life as well. Um, I think that's a key takeaway from that game. Specifically. Yeah. 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 Uh, great, great words of wisdom there, Anthony, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, but I think that, that, that might do it here for the, the first episode of first and 30. I appreciate everybody signing on listening hope you enjoyed it uh thanks for joining us uh, for this first episode and we'll be back next week and, and until next week remember when your number is called no matter what the odds just, just go, go for it, it.